You know, this is the busiest December in the pinball industry I've ever seen. And, and I've been covering this industry now for four years, and we have been getting more companies trying to make major moves in the month of December. It is incredible, right? And I wanna talk a little bit from a marketing standpoint, what I think this means, all this stuff colliding on top of itself and how I think these companies are gonna come out of this very, very busy December. On this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, we are gonna talk about the news, the rumors, and the speculations, okay? We're gonna keep it focused there. Nobody expected there to be a humongous deep root announcement yesterday. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. I've got some details that I'm hearing about Alien Pinball that are new, and there's a stern rumor as well. We're gonna talk about that. Now, before I jump into that, I want to address a few of the criticisms I've been hearing about Canada's Pinball Podcast, because if you go off the air for just one day, someone has to start a pin side thread about that, then everyone has to pile on how much they hate Canada. It's amazing, there's still so much hatred out there, but I want to address a few of the criticisms directly right now. First one was, his show is losing momentum. Losing momentum. Okay, I have done 538 podcasts about pinball, okay? I'm allowed to lose a little momentum. This is an industry in which there is maybe legitimate news six or seven days out of the year. And we pick up the mic. I say we, but it's really me because, you know, I'm bipolar, as everyone says. I put on the mic and I do a show about pinball three times a week. So you lose a little bit of momentum, but we don't have to do segments. We don't have to do long shows. We get right to it. The other criticism I heard recently was that I didn't give enough airtime to replay FX and Pinberg going away. Now, I have mentioned that it did go away, and we did have a moment of silence for that show disappearing and for everything that went on around that show. But here's the thing, and I want to be totally candid. I never went to replay FX. I never engaged in Pinberg. So I do understand that this was a huge loss for a lot of people, but I don't have personal stories to share from the show. And if you listen to most people and most of the other podcasters out there, when they talked about it, they talked about their personal experiences at the show and why they are going to miss it so much. And I think they all did a tremendous job articulating why losing the show is such a big thing in the pinball industry. Why would you want to hear me talk about that? I've never been. And you know that I also don't talk about tournaments, so it's not surprising that Canada didn't talk about that. And then the other thing I heard was, well, there's going to be 400 machines that enter into the collecting community, so surely he'll talk about it from that angle. And I just want to say this, 400 machines going out into the world is nothing. Stern Pinball makes 400 machines a week. There are thousands of machines for sale at any moment in the world, so yes, Yes, I'm sad the show went away, but it isn't this seismic shift in the pinball world that some people are painting it out to be. And I also think that the show will come back because there's enough people that want it. There's enough money to be made if you do it right. And this pandemic is not going to last forever. So I covered it. There you go. What else have I done wrong for you out there? All right, let's jump right into the news, rumors, and speculations. And I want to start in reverse order of magnitude, okay? So the first thing I want to talk about is that I am hearing from my sources now, this might be wrong, and then people will call me out, that December 15th, Stern Pinball is going to announce its next cornerstone title, December 15th. So that's next Tuesday. 
we are going to hear the next cornerstone from Stern. Now, so what's the title? The best guess going is Led Zeppelin by Steve Ritchie. Not sure who's coding it. I would guess it would probably be Tim Sexton leading that coding team because we haven't seen him on a game since Black Knight with Steve Ritchie and they worked well together. I'm hearing that Stern called their distributors and told them that that is the date they're going to walk the distributors through the new title. The pro will be on the line and games will be shipping to Europe on the 18th, I believe, the 17th or 18th games will ship to Europe, okay? So that means we might get a new Stern title under the Christmas tree before the end of the year. And I'll say this, sometimes we have to remember that Avengers came out in August. So even though Stern has a backlog, this makes total sense for them to stay on this schedule because here's the other thing I think people forget about. Stern doesn't really care if you cancel one of their game orders and move over to another because they're gonna make money either way and they have so many lines going at the same time, it doesn't really affect them very much, right? They have, they're making Ninja Turtles, they're making Avengers, and they're gonna make this new game, they're making Heavy Metal. They can do the impossible. Stern always does the impossible. When it comes to manufacturing, it never ceases to amaze me how efficient and how effective Stern Pinball really is. And I've always said this, we give them crap every once in a while, but without Stern Pinball, there is no pinball industry. I mean, there really isn't. These guys keep pinball going consistently. All the other companies, you know, they take a really, really long time to get their games out the door. I mean, just ask people who ordered their Guns N' Roses how long they are going to wait for Guns N' Roses. Now, that being said, I am very glad we have options. I am very glad we have Jersey Jack Pinball in this industry. I am very glad we have Spooky Pinball in this industry. I am very glad we have all these boutique companies trying to innovate American Pinball, Dutch Pinball, Highway, now Pinball. Pinball Brothers, Deep Root, right? We've got all these other companies, P3 Multimorphic, who am I missing? Who am I missing here, right? So we've got all these companies giving you options. So it's a great time to be a pinball buyer. It's a great time to be in the industry because all these companies are competing for your money and space in your home or space in your bar or arcade. That's an incredible thing that we have so many options. I mean, there's way more companies now than there ever was in the 80s and 90s. And in pinball's heyday, they didn't even have this many options. So it's great, it's great. So the other rumors I'm hearing right now revolve around Alien Pinball. Now, every day we get a new teaser from the Pinball Brothers. The latest one today showed the white wood with more holes cut into it. So here is what I'm hearing the plan is with Alien Pinball, okay? You're hearing it here on Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm hearing this game is most likely going to be made in Europe. It's not going to be made in the States. So that means rule out Chicago Gaming Company, rule out American Pinball. They are going to make it overseas is what I'm hearing. Now, I could be wrong on that. The other thing I'm hearing about Alien is they are going to release it with a three-tiered model. There's going to be a base model, an LE, and then a collector's edition. Now, I'm hearing the LE version of the game is going to be priced around a Stern premium. So you're going to see like a $7,500 to $8,000 alien pinball machine that has all the features. And then I'm hearing they are going to make a collector's edition sort of higher end limited game, which they're going to make less than 500. So what does that mean? Probably 400 alien LEs will be a CE version. Now, I'm not sure what all the bells and whistles are, but I am hearing that the top of the line alien game will be around $12,500. Now, why wouldn't you do it, right? 
It makes total sense as Dutch Pinball continues to sell Lebowski at that price with a wait list. Guns N' Roses sold out in one hour. One hour of GNR sold out for $12,500. And we know that the Alien theme is a juggernaut theme that tons of people would love to get this game. You know, and I heard Zach Manny say this, and I, and I still do agree with Zach. This game will never go down as a classic game without Sigourney Weaver in it. I'm sorry, like you just can't make a game where you leave out the main character of the films. Now, that being said, from the people who have this game, they say that the game is amazing, the atmosphere is incredible. I have not played enough of Alien, and the reason why I haven't is most of the times when I went to the shows, this game was broken down. So I do look forward to seeing how the Pinball Brothers have sort of taken Andrew's design and improved upon it. Now, we are losing some things in their game. They have removed the screen from the playfield. That is confirmed. We can see by the very playfields themselves. There's no screen there. The cabinet will be different. They are adding a magnet to the game. So there's some things taken out. There's some things put in. Now, we will see what this final game is like when it is revealed. Now, this game has to be revealed soon because they are almost showing everything and then some. So there's really not much left to show other than are they going to use Oryx artwork or are they going to use new artwork? And then it's like when you can get it, how much is it? And here's the final game. But I'm excited to see what the Pinball Brothers do with this. And I am glad that they gave the vouchers for those who got robbed by Andrew Highway. So that is good news. And of course, the big news item yesterday, after all these years, after all these promises, after all the hyperbole, after all the teases, after all the five days of Deep Root at TPF, we got to see Deep Root Pinball turn on their website and share with the world what their plans are for Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. The order banks open up today and they go through to December 30th. I want to talk about this in broad strokes because it's a lot to digest, okay? And I want to talk about it through this lens. To me, pinball is simple. It's simple. It's a simple game. It's a simple product. Everyone around the world knows what you're talking about when you talk about pinball. It's simple to start a game. It's simple to play a game. There's two buttons. There's two flippers usually, right? And some games have more. But for the most part, when I think about pinball and why I love pinball, it is a simple game. It should be simple to buy a pinball machine, right? You buy a pinball machine from a company. They put it in a box. They mail it to you. You open it up and you have your game. The game should be done by the time you unbox it. We all feel that way, right? I don't want to wait for the game to be completed after I've bought it. There is no other entertainment device where you buy it and it's not completed when you open it up, right? You don't go to see a movie and only half of the special effects are put in and they tell you to wait and come back in a few months and you'll see more of it. Come back in a year and you'll see even more of it. A pinball machine for the amount of money it costs should be complete the moment you open up the box, especially games that have been worked on for many years, right? There is no excuse why a new modern pinball machine should be incomplete when you unbox it. We saw Guns N' Roses out of the box, pretty much complete. Avengers, pretty much complete. Stern Pinball has really started to improve how far along the code is when you open up a game. So, you know, this is what pinball should be. A simple toy, even though it costs a lot of money, even though some of the codes are complex and whatnot, it's a simple toy. And so when I look at everything that went live yesterday, the first thought I had was there's just a lot. There's a lot here to unpack. There's a lot going on with this company. Almost too much, right? I almost wish it was just simpler. I wish it was just a game. One game 
where the game was the focus on everything. Everything should be about the game. Now, there is a lot of walking through of, of the platform and, the, and what's going on and the innovations that have happened at DeepRoot. But for the most part, the most important thing in everything is the game itself. And then the second most important thing in all of pinball, and everybody knows this, the second most important thing with all of these pinball companies, and this is not just DeepRoot, the most important thing is a company's ability to make the product. Because if you've covered pinball, and you've followed this industry for years, that always is paramount. Without that, there's nothing. There's nothing else. You don't have anything if you can't make these products. And there's a reason why Gary Stern always says we're a manufacturing company. I mean, think about that for a minute. The world's largest pinball company that only makes pinball still considers itself not a pinball company, but a manufacturing company. And there's a reason why Gary says that. And there's a reason why Stern positions itself as that. Because all pinball is, is the thing they're making on the line. But it also, it also means this. The thing that they're the most proud of over at Stern is how they've set up a manufacturing company in America. And they should be proud of that. And it's, it's an incredible thing when you take a tour of the Stern production line and see all the work and all the effort that goes on behind the scenes to put that simple pinball machine in your house or in your bar. So right now, that is still a question mark for everybody out there is what does the production look like for Deep Root Pinball? We haven't seen anything. Now, I think everybody out there wants to see what production looks like. They did announce the schedule of how they're going to do pre-orders and how they're going to do deposits and the different phases by which they're going to ramp up production. Now, look, I don't know. I know I've said on a previous podcast whether or not they have production ready or not. I don't know what's going on over there, okay? So I just want to say for the record... I have not seen that they do or do not have a production line ready to go. So ultimately, the only thing I can go on is when they get games in a box, right? Because if they do have a production line ready to go, then we should see games ready to ship in the next few weeks. So the proof is just going to be in the pudding. It's not going to be something that I'm going to speculate on. It's not going to be something that I'm going to say, you know, run for the hills because it's not there. No, ultimately, every company that sells you a product, the onus is on them to deliver on that product. Now, as a buyer in the pinball marketplace, every buyer out there, I don't care if you're brand new. I don't care if you've been following pinball for years. It's on you as well as a buyer to ask the questions of the companies that you are thinking of spending money on to make sure you feel good about placing an order with that company, okay? It's not like a podcaster to tell you what to do. It's not what a company wants you to believe. You have ultimate power. It's your money. So pinball buyers over the years have gone on many journeys with many different companies, and some of them have worked out, some of them have not. And I think most buyers right now do want to see manufacturing more than ever because they want to know that if I pay you today, that I'm confident that I'm going to get my product. I mean, it's just that, isn't it just that simple? It doesn't need to be complex. You don't need a million different options. You don't need a million different innovations. It just needs to be a simple agreement between customer and company. And I think that's the simplest way to think about it all. Now, I know a lot's changed in the world, COVID and delays and increasing costs. And it's obviously been really hard for Deep Root to get to this point where they're ready to sell the game, but they're at this point. Now, they are taking pre-orders. So that was one thing that they said they would not do. So they are taking pre-orders and you can pay in full 
and that gets you to the front of the line or you can give a deposit that's non-refundable so again this is just a moment in which as a buyer this is on you to, to figure out whether or not you feel comfortable with this now the one thing that will make everybody feel really comfortable is seeing games going into boxes and i think that would be one thing that i would want to see as a customer if you are going to spend money now the other part and again i'm just talking about this in broad strokes well you don't have a lot of time to see that because order banks are open only from december 8th through december 30th so you know i've always said there's a few ways to create fomo you can limit the amount of games you make like they could have came out and said we're only making 500 rosas like you can do it that way but the other way to create fomo is this way you limit the amount of time people have to buy your product. We saw Jersey Jack do this, remember, with dialed-in collector's editions. It was sort of similar to this. I think Jack said we're only going to make the amount of orders we get in the month of December, and at midnight on New Year's Eve, that is when the order banks close, and that's the exact number of dialed-in CEs we're going to make. Now, we know that Jack wasn't really being honest there because they ended up making like 150. Like, it was such an exact number. But that's exactly what's happening here. Now, I'm curious to see at December 30th at 3 p.m. when order banks close, if Robert will transparently tell us how many orders they got. Because, you know, if people are in on a game and it's more limited, they would like to know that. Because we also know that if the less they make, the more valuable each one will most likely be in the secondhand market just because supply is not very high. So order banks for Raza are open. So this is it. You know, the, it's been a long journey to get Raza to market. Market. It's been so many years in the making. And so I am curious, like the rest of you, just to see what the consumer reaction is to this game. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to say negative things. I am just an observer to this whole thing because I am curious to see how well the strategy works of selling the game between the 8th and the 30th. Now, the marketer in me may say, why not just keep your order banks open for longer? Like you don't need to limit your sales. The very thing you need after all of this R&D and all of this innovation, you need sales. So it's really a little strange, I think, to limit your sales window. So if I could recommend something over at DeepRoot, maybe extend that. I and look, they could easily say, hey, we got we got enough orders, or we, you know, we want to open up the order banks more because of the enthusiasm around the title. Nobody would care. Like no one's gonna be upset if that order window doesn't extend past December 30th. So that's some advice I would give them. Two other pieces of marketing advice I would just give to the team at DeepRoot. One is don't call the arcade version the budget version. Never use the word budget, right? Chevrolet would never say this is our budget Corvette when they talk about the base trim. It's your arcade version. It's meant for operators. It's, it's a simpler platform, and that is how you should refer to it. The other thing is when you're filming the pin bar and you have Bowden playing the pin bar, I just couldn't get over this part. He's wearing a hat, and so when they're filming it from the top down, the brim of his hat covered the pin bar the entire time so steve you've got to remove your hat if you want to show people how the pin bar is working while you're playing the game all right so ladies and gentlemen it's december 8th we've got deep root is now making raza available to you it is now one of the options you can have as you decide what you want to do with your pin dollars okay when you have so many options like we do right now if you were to ask me the companies that are going to win this battle, and they're all in the same ring battling for your pin dollars, the companies that are going to win this battle are the companies that make it simple. The companies that simply get you your game in a timely manner. The companies that simply give you themes that you really want to play. The companies that simply have no hassles, no headaches, have good quality, 
that is where the money will ultimately end up going. You know, we buy pinball machines for entertainment, for enjoyment. We don't want buying a pinball machine to be laborious. We don't want it to create headaches. We don't want it to be aggravating. We don't want the buying experience to be frustrating. We don't want the ownership experience to be frustrating. We don't want these pins to break down immediately when we get them, right? And we've all been following this industry for a long enough time to realize that the company right now that makes it the simplest is Stern. And there's a reason why Stern is so damn successful because it's no hassle. It's no hassle. Here's a theme I know I love. Here's all these distributors that will happily sell me a game. And if I order with Stern right now, I'm going to get my game in a few weeks. The most I'll wait is a few months, but I know I'm going to get my game. They're the simplest. And that's why Stern dominates, you know? And so any new company entering into this space, that's really what you're competing with. That simplicity. The machine is very well oiled like it is over there. And that's why they refer to it as a manufacturing company. Because they have that down so well, and that is so well oiled, their distributor model is so well established. Like, people always forget this. Stern's distributors are their sales force. So every time they have a new title, they've got this army of salespeople that are going out there and finding them clients for their products. And it's really, really simple. And all of you know this, like those distributors become your friends. And they're some of the most outspoken and incredible personalities in the pinball business and in the pinball community. And it's awesome. It makes you feel good, you know, to buy a game to simply get it in a timely manner, knowing that your distributor who's your buddy is gonna make a few bucks because you ordered through him. All of this makes people feel good. And it's the holidays, ladies and gentlemen. I want everybody to feel good about pinball, feel good about these options, but I also want everyone to remember, buy the games that you want. Buy from the companies you feel confident in. And all the information is out there nowadays. You know, people give this podcast so much crap all the time. Like, they come at me, they call me this, they call me that. I think that this show, and I think others out there as well, I think what we've been able to do is create much greater transparency within the community and also educate people on the kinds of things they should look out for, the kinds of questions they should ask of companies, and the kinds of things they should have in their mind before they buy pinball machines. It's all good. It's none of it's bad. It's not a negative quality to be a critical thinker. And I think a lot of times people insult me and call me all these names because I'm simply not cheerleading everything going on in the pinball world. But if you follow the pinball industry, as long as I have, you've seen good, bad, and ugly. I just wanna sign off this show by saying this because we have so many companies and so many products. Ultimately, it comes down to the simplest thing, putting the game in the box, selling that game to a customer. That is all you need to do. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to innovate every single element of pinball. You don't need fancy launch videos like the Guns N' Roses one. You don't need it, right? Spooky didn't use anything fancy to sell Rick and Morty. And that's it. Make your game. Sell it to customers. It's simple. Pinball is fun. All pinball is fun. I mean, when's the last time you went on a pinball machine and that wasn't fun? Fun is the easy part. The hard part is making these incredibly complex machines available for home ownership. That is incredibly hard. And it is incredibly amazing how many options all of us have right now as we head into 2021. I mean, it's incredible. So we all should be very thankful at these options. And you know what? We're all just going to win because now that we have so many options as a pinball buyer, what better time can you live in than this? 
Everybody, this has been episode 538 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I am sorry that I ran out of momentum. I'm sorry that I don't have segments to keep it fresh and relevant. I think this show remains relevant just because we talk about stuff in a timely manner. Like this news broke yesterday. Here we are talking about it the next day, okay? So thank you, everybody. I do hope you vote for me in the Twippies. And I do want to sign off this show by saying one thing. I think there's only a day or two left for the write-in section of the Twippies. The other person I really hope you guys vote for or just write him in so he makes it onto the final ballot. He's a really good friend of mine. I told him I'd give him a nice plug. John over at Jack Bar in New York City. If you could write in him for the location, I would really appreciate that because John just had a new baby and he's got his beautiful wife and his beautiful baby. Let's let them at least see them on the drop down in January. Can you do that for Canada as a little holiday gift for me? Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Sunday.